there's only one snack that can make me feel like I'm having the true movie theater experience, and that's popcorn. When my mom and I hang in for a girl's night, we have to get our fix, and that's where Kelly's Killer Popcorn comes in. They're a small batch gourmet popcorn company, and believe me, one bite and you'll be hooked. Made in Austin, Texas, this family-owned business has tons of flavors. My mom loves their salted agave caramel, while I have a hard time picking between black pepper or dill pickle. Hmm, maybe I'll just mix the bags together. Oh, and when my dad and brother crash our girl's night, you know that spicy nacho popcorn is coming out. Every flavor is popped in 100% real butter and is whole grain and gluten-free. Which flavor will you be choosing? Head on over to kellyskillerpopcorn.com to indulge yourself in some scary good gourmet popcorn. And make sure to tag them on Instagram at kellyskillerpopcorn so that they can see what movie you're pairing with their flavors. That's kellyskillerpopcorn.com for American-made, small-batch, delicious popcorn. I might be vegetarian, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy a good spice rub. My favorite place to get them is Smoked Bros, a veteran-owned and operated business that sells premium handcrafted dry rubs, spice blends, and seasonings. Guys, you can even put it on your popcorn. My favorites are Honey Badger, because he doesn't give a bleep, and Jelly and Peanut Flavor Topping, because mm, 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 some things just taste better together. The website even has recipes, so go check out smokedbros.com to support a veteran-owned and operated business and fill your cabinet with delicious flavor. On the last episode of the Video Archives podcast, Quentin and Roger were joined by Joe Dante for one of his favorite films, The Fool Killer. I've always tried to interest people in this picture, but then once I get them interested, they go, where can I see it? Yeah, yeah, like, right. Well, uh, I don't know. Revisited a New World Pictures flick and introduced me to the genre of nurse movies with the young nurses. It's coming from an erotic place. He's not holding his nose and doing the nude scenes. The movies are about the nude scenes. And spend a night with Susan, Sandra, Olga, and Julie. I'd never heard of this picture. I did never heard of the director. I didn't know anything about it. It played great. And now, we bring you The After Show, your backstage pass to exclusive content, answers to your burning questions, and even more film discussion. I'm your neighborhood mail lady, Gala Avery. Yep, you heard that right. Today on The After Show, we've got mail. But before we answer some of your burning questions, here's a story from Quentin about a customer at the original video archives, Danny Strong, and his nickname that tied the two together. So Danny Strong would come in when he was like uh, uh, 12 and 13 and 14 and 15 or whatever. Danny Strong is this really terrific screenwriter right now. He, he wrote the a movie Recount and he wrote this thing about uh, J.D. Salinger and, and he's, he's, he's directing now and he's a really great guy. And I, I put him in a scene in uh, Once Upon a Time in, uh, in Hollywood. But when he was younger, he used to come in. Now, the thing is, Danny's kind of a, is a short guy right now. He's very diminutive. So, but when, so when he was 12, he looked like he was nine. And when he was 14, he looked like he was 12. <laughs> but he wasn't. And he was really into movies. And so he would come in to Video Archives, and we had a... We knew each other. I worked there. And so we would have these really fun movie conversations. But they'd be intense movie conversations. And so I'd be on the other side of the counter. So me and this little short little boy, all right, would be having these intense <laughs> conversations. And customers would come in thinking, 
oh, look at that. Oh, that's so cute. Look at those guys. Okay. No, because they think he's nine. But he's, he's actually 12. And you could have an intense conversation at 12. And you could definitely have one at 15, but he looks like he's 12 when he's 15. So anyway, Steve-O, one of the guys at the store, uh, uh, started calling him Little Quentin. <laughs> Because he was like one of the few guys that could keep up with me, all right, of video archives when we talked about movies. He's this little short guy. And so, uh, uh, so okay, so that all happens. <laughs> I go my way. Danny goes his way. I have no idea what happened to the little fellow. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden I hear from a friend of his who's like in part of his little crew that they hang out together uh, in Hollywood. We're going to the movies. And goes, hey, guess what? What? You know, Danny Strong is like the most popular screenwriter like in Hollywood right now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, he wrote this spec script and everyone's going nuts for it. And yeah, so he's like the new writer right now that everyone's reading and everyone wants to hire him and they want to get him on their projects. And now he's meeting with everybody and like they're, they're falling all over him. He's like the hottest screenwriter in town right now. Really? Huh. And so we're walking and I'm kind of quiet and getting like quieter and quieter. Yeah, absorbing and quieter, that information. Absorbing it, <laughs> yeah. just absorbing it. And, you know, probably seems like I'm troubled. Even yeah, you're though I'm marinating not, in I'm this marrying, data. I'm really <laughs> taking it in. Uh, you know, uh, and, it, and, <laughs> and so my friend goes, well, what's wrong? What's, what's, what's going on with you? What's, what's you seem to be in your head about all this? Well, yeah, I am in my head about this. I um, look. Obviously, I'm happy for Danny, but I mean, the thing that I'm even more happy about is that I did something with my life. <laughs> because if I didn't do something with my life, and I just opened up a video store, and it would be closed right now, and now I'd be trying to get a job doing whatever I would be trying to get a job trying to do, and then I heard that little Quentin. <laughs> was the hottest <laughs> screenwriter in, in Hollywood. Hollywood yeah. This day would be the day that I killed myself. <laughs> this would officially be the last day of my life. <laughs> it would be over for me. <laughs> so I'm not even thinking about that right now. I'm happy with my life. I'm happy things went the way they are. But I'm really glad. <laughs> so I'm appreciating how glad I am. Did you know that there are an entire series of nurse films? I sure didn't. Next up, the guys talk about another nurse film, and Joe Dante chimes in on what he had to do with it. Now, oddly enough, there is a weird, there's an even more off-brand one than The Young Nurses. Tender Loving Care. Yes. I did the trailer for that, too. Ooh. But that was a Don Shane picture. Okay, I was ready to say, that suggests an independent pickup. And that's pickup. a really sleazy picture. Yeah, yeah. That one, <laughs> that one is like, just a step up from porno. Yeah, it is. That has in, fact, in fact, we had to cut a lot of stuff out. Oh, really? So it's yeah. like a half step. A shot. Yeah. But it, it's, it's a sideways step. All the people have like pock marks and things. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, no, it's <laughs> no, oh, it, my. enjoyable. No, no, okay. You saw young nurses. Okay, cut that budget in half. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. And cut the even, oh, playing in normal commercial theater aspect in half. All right. And now you've got uh, that one tender loving care. But again, no, I kind of like it because it's it, like the true sub porno quality of it is its own thing. It made for a good trailer, though. Yeah. <laughs> I did a brief search to find the trailer online so that I could watch it. 
but I couldn't find it. So if any tape heads out there know which VHS tapes this trailer is on, I really want to see it. Or just send me a link if you happen to find it online. Now, let's get into the questions. If you missed our first mailbag segment, check out After Show Episode 5. Your question just might have been answered. For our second mailbag episode, seven letters, postcards, and boxes were chosen to be featured on the After Show. First up, a question that has been filling my inbox since we started the podcast. So this next question comes from Colin from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And this is a question I have gotten so many people asking me. So I'm so glad that Colin wrote in and asked. And P.S. Colin, you have really nice handwriting. Quentin and Roger, what make and model of VCR do you use in your home theater for your VHS screenings? Are there specialty shops that still repair and sell new units from Colin? Uh Yes, Colin, there are actually, uh, you need to go look some, but you you can find stores that will uh, fix your uh, uh, VCR. Might have to be a place you have to send it out to, but you can definitely find them. Um, they're getting less and less, though. Like, I find uh, people that are online, and I call them up, and they're like, ah, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've got to talk them into it. Okay, well, thank you, Grumpy. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Who's going to listen to this? <laughs> I call people up and they tell me to F.O. <laughs> okay, Grumpy guy. <laughs> well, okay, I'm only we... Grumpy because I want to get my VCRs repaired. Yeah, but to, to, be fair, to be fair, though, Roger is repairing his own VCRs at this point. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you can ask other people, but as far as I'm concerned, as far as the Eddie Brands people are concerned, or the last people that like left alive now who still know what's going on, uh, it's the Sony Super VHS Hi-Fi Stereo Unit. Yeah. That's the yeah. way to go. Yeah. That's 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 the one, of b- b- both for recording and for watching and for playing tapes, great. It's like, that. that's, except no substitute. That's the one. My, I have a, uh, a Sony Super VHS player that was when, at the height of all the technology, it was the best of the best of the best. And Lance was the one who told me which one to get. Mm-hmm. And I spent like, and it's my coveted mm-hmm. uh, VCR and now the power supply has failed. And so oh, uh, I'm currently seeking to replace the power supply. And somebody said, oh, just get a new one. Just buy a new one. I'm like, no, no, this one. This is the best one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. No, it, it's a great it's a great machine. I have a couple of them. And uh, no, I remember talking to uh, the Eddie Brands guys 15 years ago about, okay, so what's the best of these ones to get? Or even like, oh, no, no, you got to get the Sony. That's that's the one. And it lasts. And look, and I'm here to tell you. You know, it, it lasts great and it plays fantastic. Yeah. When we put a great tape on it, it plays great. Well, I I went on a kick not too long ago and I bought like about eight top loading VCRs, the yeah. big ones, yeah, the yeah. old ones, uh-huh. like really big old ones. And they're mostly RCA's, uh, I think they're called Selectatronic or mm-hmm, something like mm-hmm. that. No, actually maybe it's Selectivision, even though it's not Selectivision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then they were calling their VCRs that. And then, uh, so I think it's mostly RCA's that I have. Well, I, well the only thing that would make the Sony... Super VHS and Panasonic's better. Panasonic's. Yeah. The only that. thing you would make the Sony VHS better if, if it was top loading. But yeah. uh, so you you're feeding your tape in there and you're wondering if you're going to get it back. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's true because the the item that breaks the most is usually the little pa- plastic cogs. Yeah, they yeah. end up losing a tooth or something on them, and mm-hmm. then you start being unable to eject your your tape out. And so that's why I bought a whole bunch of top loaders. Yeah. Actually, that's exactly why I bought them. Actually, I would say you, you should probably steer for the most part, if you can, toward JVC because mm-hmm. they were the ones who actually invented uh, yeah. um, the VHS format. 
was- Never, nevertheless, I think for his question right now, because there's the question I asked the Eddie Brands people, like, oh, for right now, for the video, for-, for The most robust for, player. For getting a player right now that you're going to get that you can rely on. That will work. Yeah, that will work. That's, that's the Sony Super VHS. And also we know that there's probably no one playing tapes as much as Quentin is. Yeah. That is actually true. I am I am a magnificent commercial for the Sony yeah, v- exactly. Super VHS. And his It's a war and it's a workhorse, baby. And I mean I've watched tapes on it and it works. Yeah. So it's always working in great condition. Every now and then you're right though. You put a tape in there and mm-hmm. it starts giving you trouble. It's not coming out and Quentin sits with it and he does his like horse whisperer. He just knows his with machine. The VC- his VCR whisperer. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And he works with it for a little while. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on. Give it to me, baby. Give it to me. And then suddenly it comes out. Yeah, there's there's three steps I can do that should get it out. But it won't always work, all right? So I do those three steps, and there's three other steps. Then I can do one other thing, and then he's okay, just fuck it for right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I like your whole thing of, like, forget rewinding it all the way. Yeah, Rewind yeah, yeah. halfway so that the tape is in a balanced state. Yes, exactly. So that it has a better chance now, of I've, I've, ejecting. Now, I've, I've learned. Uh, <laughs> I've, 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 yeah, the, the, machine has taught, the machine has taught me how it wants to be treated. <laughs> <laughs> Like my wife. Yeah. The machine has taught me how it wants to be treated. A, a similar relationship. It's actually very similar. Thanks so much. And I'm proud of both of them. <laughs> Thanks so much, Colin, for your question, because I'm sure everyone listening has been dying for the answer. Go Canada. Want to know what your favorite writers, directors, actors, and photographers are secretly interested in? Check out The Gala Show, where each week a guest of my choosing brings an entirely new topic to the mic, and it can be anything they want to discuss. The catch? They only have 30 minutes. Join me, your reporter on the beat, Gala Avery, every Thursday for a new discussion on The Gala Show, available wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, I've gotten some questions about the TV that's been featured in the photography that I've done in the archives, which you can see on our official Instagram, Video Archives Pod. This TV and unit is the PAL unit, so whenever they watch a PAL tape, they have to do it in the archives. Our second question came all the way from Belgium. Okay, guys, this next question comes from Geert from Belgium. Dear Mr. Tarantino, Mr. Avery, and Miss Avery, I'm writing from Belgium with a question for the Video Archives podcast. First, let me tell you how much I love, in all caps, your podcast. There is a quote from Paul Thomas Anderson that says, My filmmaking education consisted of finding out what filmmakers I liked were watching than seeing those films. But you guys even invite us to your discussions afterwards, which is absolutely the best film education one can ever imagine. So thank you. Now, without any further ado, here's my question for the three of you. From which director have you seen the most movies this year since January 2022 and why? Mm, that's a good question. I, th- I feel like it's like Ciro Santiago or something. <laughs> <laughs> mine's probably... For me. You know, mine's it's, actually because I, ha- I watched Bobby like... Bobby Suarez maybe? Uh, Corbucci? Uh, well, yeah, I watched Corbucci, but I watched like six Ciro Santiago films. When we were going <laughs> to re-record the American Commandos episode, I watched about six to eight other Ciro Santiago films. Bobby so, Suarez movies? Or? No, wait... Yeah, the, uh, yeah, then Bobby Suarez. 
Because I watched uh, like Red Roses for a Call Girl. Is that Bobby Suarez? I think God, might I'm, be like, Bobby. I think that, wires wires I think I think that might be Bobby Suarez. Yeah. So I watched like six to eight Bobby Suarez films. I even watched one. I'm not kidding. In like 180p on YouTube. My dedication is so real. It was like a mosaic, <laughs> but I still was having a lot of fun. But it, yeah, yeah. Then, so okay, Bobby Suarez for me. Okay, I think for myself and Roger, it would be Cerro Eight Santiago. Uh, yeah, I think it's Cerro from, Santiago from the, you know, from the time of the point of this year that we started. Yeah. All right, and for you, it might be Bobby Suarez. Yes, Bobby so, A. Suarez. So the Philippines are like winning big. Uh, yeah. Well, they they got the quantity. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just I just a, a little aside. I was uh, telling Josh and Devin and everyone before we got before you got up here that someone on Twitter was so happy that uh, they said there's such Filipino representation this month at the New Beverly. Uh-huh. And it was like, in all caps, like, Filipino cultural representation! Ah! <laughs> well, it's about time. Right, right? on, yeah, yeah, right, right on, on. They, right were just, on. they were just saying how excited they were that, like, the Filipino cultural movies are, like, getting their time. Well, there's right a, vi- a vibrant film industry there. You heard it here first, folks. We here at Video Archives Podcast are Team Philippines for 2022 when it comes to director. I double-checked. I'm actually tied with Bobby A. Suarez and Siria Santiago when it comes to movies watched this year. Our next piece of mail came in the form of a piece of origami and got us thinking about what we'd do if this customer came in to video archives. This question comes from Vahid Rohani in Lewiston, Maine. Hello, Gala, Roger, and Quentin. I absolutely love this podcast. It really reminds me of a high school class I took called Reading the Movies, where we would watch films and discuss. I always love discussing your latest episode with my friend Dan at work. Your enthusiasm is contagious. Sorry for the ramblings. My question is, if I walked into video archives and asked each of you to help me suggest a good movie where food plays a big role, what would you suggest? And also he made his beautiful question out of like an origami envelope that Roger and I had a lot of fun opening together. Oh, good deal. With a cute little ticket with a panda sticker on it. I think I know what Roger's going to say, but go ahead, Roger. You know exactly what I'm going to say. Okay, I'm going to go one of two ways. Uh, the first one is the more obvious one, which is Babette's Feast. I knew it. That's, that's the one you say. knew that I would pick. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I think Babette's Feast is one of the greatest movies about an artist, about, about an artist in exile. And so it's more than just about food. But this was a movie where when the film came out in Los Angeles, they would actually have a screening of the movie and then you could go out and eat Babette's Feast and they would have a master chef preparing the feast for you. So it was actually a legitimate kind of uh, happening that, you know, back in the day. The other movie I would consider putting in is Motel Hell. Oh, okay, yeah. In a, in a perverse way. Yes. Or possibly Road Games. Tomorrow's Bacon. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if that's about food. All right. But, 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 but Motel Hell is about Motel food. Motel Hell is definitely uh, about food. another movie I would love to cover, by the way. Quentin, what about you? Uh, I would say um, for the way he means it and the way Roger means it when he says uh, Babette's Feast, I guess I would say Big Night. Mm, yeah. Uh, uh, Stanley Tucci. Yeah. But admittedly, the first thing that came to my mind is actually a movie I don't like in the perverse way. That Roger means it is uh, the cook, the thief, the wife, and his lover. Sure. Okay, sure. so that movie, when I was a kid, was right at eye level in our DVD closet. I don't think it should have been eye level in the DVD closet <laughs> well, when I was a kid. Well, by the way, but I despise that movie. I've never but, seen it, it. I despise it. But it actually was the first thing that fucking came to mind when you asked the question. Yes. For me, Bugsy Malone, because pie fights. 
That's Splurge awesome. guns, you mean? Splurge guns. But the end is a big pie fight. And that's what I love about it. Man, that question got me hungry. A lot of fans will know that Quentin loves board games, specifically board games that have something to do with either a TV show or movie. He has a wonderful collection and sometimes even makes up games of his own. This next question spawned an in-depth answer about his collection and the board games within it. This next one comes from Tom from Westfield, New Jersey. Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. (laughs) Dear Quentin and Roger, okay, what is the best TV show board game in Quentin's collection? Are any of them legitimately clever games that smartly incorporate the television show that it's based on? Yes, some of them do. Some of them are just kind of like Candyland with uh, that, you know, uh, their character or their logo place it on it. But, you know, but but not most of them. There usually is some attempt to duplicate the fun of the uh, the fun of the given show. I think the three best games that kind of get across their respective shows is the Alien game. The Alien game is fantastic. The Alien game, based on the first movie, Alien, uh, is a very duplicate experience to being in the, uh, being a character in the movie. Mm. And it's one of those games that's actually really kind of fun because you always have two turns every time you play. Uh, you roll the dice twice, and that determines uh, where your character goes, where your survivor character goes. But every time you have a turn, you also move the alien character on the board. Right. All right. So you get to roll one dice for the alien character, and that gets, it gets is you closer. Is the alien character kind of autonomous? Like, it's coming after everyone? Or is there somebody playing well, the alien uh, no, 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 no. We're all playing the alien. So whoever the alien gets first is who ah, it gets. Okay, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but it's going to keep wiping out people until it kills everybody. Yeah. yeah but, but I also like the idea that you get to be the alien, too, while you're being being a survivor, you know, trying to save your people. Uh, there's a game for the Christopher Jones show, uh, The Legend of Jesse James. Mm. And that is a really fun game because it all deals with, uh, uh, you've got a mailbag and you're trying to you know, get around the board once to deliver it. And the way the board works, it's, it's a chase around the board, but it it duplicates a real fun, hard-ass horseback riding thing and so if uh you go uh, through the canyon you yeah go up the no, hill. it's really it's really cool it, it gives you a nice feeling of like you're being in this horse chase you feel like you're being in a horse chase during the course of the game which is that which, sounds great which is a lot of fun and then the other one that actually plays really really great and and Time's up wonderful with the movies, a little more complicated than the rest of them, is The Dawn of the Dead. It's, I love The Dawn yeah. of the Dead game. Yeah. SR, you, used S- to, you actually used to make me play that when I was a kid yeah, with you. Yeah, SRI games. Yeah. That, that's a great game. And that's another one where you also you get to be the alien. You get to be the zombies, too. So you yeah. do your you do your turn, and then you move all the zombies one And I like how there's a, a they, bo- every now and then there's a <laughs> berserk zombie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where suddenly a zombie goes berserk and like becomes a, a, a star zombie. Well, it's not And sudden, comes running after you. It's not you. suddenly. It's like when you, yeah, when your roll, character, roll, yeah. if your character is turned into a zombie, you keep playing, but now you're a super zombie. Yeah. Well, there's, th- th- that's another element of it. Like yeah, yeah, you become yeah, like yeah. the, yeah, yeah. and then, cause yeah, you can continue you playing. You become David and Maggie. Yeah. You become- <laughs> 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 My agenda. Te- you know, Scott. <laughs> I love that face you just made, Quentin. I wish everyone could have seen that right <laughs> so, then and there. I don't know if you remember, but before SRA did their Dawn of the Dead game, Scott and I were such big fans uh-huh. of Dawn of the Dead that Scott constructed uh, his own game Mm -hmm. of it. And it was a giant sheet of plywood as big as these two tables that Mm -hmm. we have put together here. It was this big. And he had the mall over on one end. Mm -hmm. And then, and you started over here and you had like 
you have to go kind of through this forest and then into the parking lot and then to the mall, get into the mall, go through the mall and get to the helicopter. And whoever made it to the helicopter long enough for it to take off won the game. And he got all these little HO character people, you know, like from train sets. Yeah, 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 yeah. And would bust off an arm and then paint paint it bloody. Yeah. Like, you know, to make them zombie white. I'm just laughing that in Scott's version of the board, the Monrove Mall gets a corner. Yeah. All right. Just a small, no, no, no. We have to trade all of Pittsburgh. Yeah. All right. We have to get through a whole tree clearing of this and that and the other. And there's, naturally, there's the parking lot. Yeah. All right. The of the lot. mall. Okay. Everybody else would just, the whole Monrove Mall would be the, would, would be the board game. This next question comes from an ex-video store clerk who had a very specific question, which got the guys thinking about the old days in the beach cities. This question comes from Bob O'Rourke from Lake Alfred, Florida. Dear Video Archives podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you for this amazing podcast. This is exactly what I was hoping for with something that features both Quentin and Roger. It is as if we have been gifted the opportunity to pick your movie-loving brains, and it is fucking awesome. Thanks a lot, Bob La Florida. Having worked at a video store myself during the college years, I love hearing your memories of the store and also get a kick out of you guys fondly recalling various video companies like Wizard, Paragon Media, and Lightning. Also, major props for your website plus the ability to check out scans of the actual tapes you guys are viewing for discussion. That's our virtual archives that you can find at videoarchivespodcast.com. Thank you, Josh. My question to you would be, what tape or tapes do you recall being the most notorious or coveted tapes in video archives? For example, at the two stores I worked at, Eraserhead was the one that was always being requested and difficult to keep in stock. We only had one copy between the stores, and this was right around the time first hit DVD in that, at the time, crazy expensive box set. So yeah, we were always very careful with the VHS copy from RCA Columbia. Thank you again, and I can't wait to see what else the podcast has in store for the future. Cheers, Quentin, Roger, and Gala. Bob. Cool. That's a, that's actually a tough question. Yeah, well, but I'll answer with the first three things that came to my mind. All right, when it came to especially um, a combination of ask for all the time, requested a lot by the customers, and that we were also precious about. Because he threw in that little last part yeah, at the end. That's an that, important element. Something that we're precious about. So like a tape that we were very, very, very precious about was Russ Meyer's Beyond the Valley of the Dolls because sure. it, it was out of print. Yeah. So I think at a certain point, we, we, we required like a $200 deposit just to rent it because if you lost it, it could never be replaced and it was worth that much. So we had to either have a, a $200 thing on your credit card or a, a $200 in cash deposit for you to rent it. Then you get it back. All right. But like it was like it can't be replaced. Yeah. The two most requested films at Video Archives in Manhattan Beach before they were ever out on video, and it's not even a question. We know what the two most requested movies are. It's not, a, it's not we have to rack our brains. It's obvious. The two most requested movies in Manhattan Beach were John Melissa's Big Wednesday, years mm-hmm. before it came out yeah. on video cassette. And, you know, for a white boy beach community in the 80s, Led Zeppelin's The Song Remains the Same, was number two. That shows you how much Big Wednesday was important to that, that it's number two, The Song Remains the Same. 
But for three years, three or four years before they came out, they were the most requested films that people came in. Do you have Song Remains the Same? Do you have Big Wednesday? So much so that we never bought multiple copies of a library title when it became available. When Big Wednesday became available, we bought four copies on it when it came out because we knew the demand would be that important. Yeah, number three was Bones Brigade. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's like a surfer movie. It's like a skateboarding surfer movie. <laughs> I remember they, p- k- p- kids would come in all the time. Bones Brigade. Bones Brigade, Bones Brigade three. Re- <laughs> Bones Brigade two. <laughs> Bones Brigade. It was always Bones Brigade. <laughs> But I, but I have to say, oh. Big Wednesday is the one I would have been precious about because I think Big Wednesday is one of the most magnificent I, movies about friendship and uh, and captures a time period. And it's, written and directed by the great the, John Mulaney. Is there a word greater than great? Yeah. <laughs> hey, that would make a great Beach Cities triple feature episode: Big Wednesday, The Song Remains the Same, and Bones Brigade. For those of you wondering, the Bones Brigade tapes were a series of skate videos that had the intention of showing up-and-coming skaters what had been going on in the sport. The tapes featured skaters such as Tony Hawk, Steve Caballero, Lance Mountain, Rodney Mullen, and more. This next piece of mail did not have a question attached. Instead, a very thoughtful gift from Flashback Video. Okay, guys, this next one includes a little gift from Flashback Video in Wisconsin. Dear Quentin, Roger, and Gala, Let me start by saying how much I'm enjoying the podcast. As a hopeful someday writer for television and film, it is a breath of fresh air to hear people give their honest, unfiltered opinion on movies. The other main aspect of your podcast that I've rather enjoyed is your selection of the movies. Sometimes it's a movie I've seen a handful of times, or it's a foreign film I've never heard of. Others, it's movies I've passed over at the video store back in the day and never given a chance Lastly, thank you for bringing VHS back into the mainstream. As a collector of VHS, video store standees, and those home video release posters, it's wonderful to see a media I love get the respect it's owed. Quentin's like cheering right now, you guys, just so you know. And what's your question? No, there's no question. He he needs that a question with this kind of... There's no uh, question because in appreciation of all of your hard work that goes into making the podcast and being not only lovers of VHS, but supporters of its preservation, I've created some Video Archives podcast VHS tapes displays as thank yous. Wow. I look forward to many more years of Video Archives episodes and the movies you will help the world discover. Thank you again. And please be kind. Rewind. Tim Chapman, a.k.a. that's at flashback video underscore on Instagram and Twitter. This is like... Uh, you think there's anything on here? I don't know, but we should plug it yeah. on. I want to find, find out. out. Yeah. We're going to have to pop these yeah. in. Quentin is actually popping in the tape as we speak. This is your big chance to have put something on the tape. Flashback video. <laughs> it sounds like a movie. Oh, maybe there's a beacon... What is this? This is Florida Wellenville. I was gonna say it's just Wellenville. Hey, it's Florida Wellenville. It oh, is it's Florida an Wellenville. Alan Parker film. Wow. Okay, so I now do you think uh, my okay, tape yeah, okay, is yeah, also thinking, Road to Wellenville? Yeah, yeah. No, he probably just gave you another movie. All right, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for the gift. I now display my Video Archives VHS proudly in my collection. Make sure you're subscribed to our weekly newsletter so that you can see a picture of these tapes. Not subscribed? 
Head on over to our website, videoarchivespodcast.com and fill out the customer card to start getting them delivered weekly to your inbox. If you've missed a newsletter, we archive all of our counter talk on our website. For those of you wondering what was on the other tapes, Roger's tape had Cape Fear on it, while mine had a lifetime special. This last piece of mail recalled a mystery movie and challenged Quentin and Roger to see if they could solve it. Okay, this next one is from Chris from Riverside. Dear Quentin, Roger, and Gala. Hello, I love the podcast and have been watching along with the movies. I had a question for you guys. When I was a kid in the 80s, I used to sneak into other theaters when I was exiting my movie or taking a bathroom break and take a quick peek at the other movies. I have this memory of seeing the ending of a horror movie and it's been driving me a bit crazy trying to figure out what it was. Here's what I remember, and I admit my memory might be wrong. A young couple has just gone through an ordeal. They're hand in hand. They freeze, turn green, and then turn into an emerald jewel, or they shrink to a size of the jewel. Then a man comes around and picks up the emerald. It burns his hand, and he screams. The movie ends. I know it's a long shot, but does that ring any bells? If not, no worries. Oh, by the way, I met Roger in the 1990s when he came to speak at Art Center. Roger was so lovely, he even let me hold his Oscar. That was really cool. Anyways, love and peace, Chris. P.S. My favorite movie might be Celine and Julie Go Boating. <laughs> that might be Empire's Troll. I haven't seen Empire's Troll, but the fact that you just pulled out Empire's Troll, I think is the best chance we have. So I'm going to go with it. <laughs> um, I don't remember exactly how Empire's Troll ends, but but they keep turning into weird trees. They keep turning into weird things. I don't know the nuclear codes, and uh, but the fact that you've randomly said <laughs> the nuclear codes, <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. Uh, yeah, I think I, uh, if I had to guess, I would guessing Empire's Troll. Well, no, Nothing's helping me out. There's an entire apparatus over looking shit up. I'm shutting them down. Shutting yeah, them down. Yeah, Quentin does not Shut allow. This is, this is Shut literally... down, boys. Shut down. <laughs> this is literally from memory only that so Quentin em- just pulled that out. Empire. This, my entire shtick is from memory only. Well, also, not, but I have to just say really quick, I read that question and in like two seconds, Quentin had a movie that it could have been. So it Empire... wasn't even like a five second pause. So tell us about this movie. Oh, or what you that. know. It's not worth that talking about. <laughs> <laughs> to clarify for everyone out there in podcast land, Quentin is talking about Empire Pictures' 1986 film Troll, directed by John Carl Buschler. So, Chris, is this the movie you were looking for? Be sure to let me know. Thanks, everyone, for all of the questions and fan mail. I had so much fun reading through all of them. As we wrap up our second mailbag section, here's a reminder on how to send a question to Video Archives. We here at the Archives are old school. We receive all of our viewer questions by snail mail. And yes, we accept mail from all over the world. Want to send in a question of your own? Send it to the Video Archives podcast, Care of Earwolf Media, P.O. Box 66, 5551, Hollywood Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, 90028. Before I close the store today, I'm going to give you guys a sneak peek into some of the behind the scenes production on the podcast. In this next segment, enjoy some mid-show talk between Quentin, Roger, and I right before we taped Mr. Scarface for episode 14. Uh, the reason that the reason they drink uh, um, drinks with no ice mm-hmm. is because they don't want to water down the antiseptic quality of the alcohol. And they just and but and no, but, but, but also they were also afraid of the water being contaminated in the ice. There's there's that as yeah. well. There's that as well. But then so the, you you drink just you drink it 
not for the alcohol, but for the antiseptic quality, and you sip at well, it to just well, clean I, out your mouth I'd constantly. Heard that was that was the reason why uh, G and Ts were so popular. Yeah, uh, like like for, uh, for uh, uh, the Brits living in India, exactly. Area. And the and the tonic uh, water at that time came with quinine built into it, which is an anti-malarial drug. Mm-hmm. And my dad, who, you know, because we because I grew up in, in Brazil, in Brazil, yeah. Roy Jensen, yeah, would, exactly, <laughs> would always would always uh, drink quinine. He insisted mm-hmm. on quinine. Mm-hmm. Like I want my quinine. I need my quinine. Should drink water. <laughs> <laughs> got to get my quinine. <laughs> it's got electrolytes. It's got electrolytes. <laughs> This box, by the way, is like crazy looking. No, I know. Yeah, this is like somebody's project gone overboard. <laughs> yeah. Back with it's the- it's over designed in every way. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm really reluctant to read this back because it tells it, it tells everything. Wow. Okay, like like literally the first line of it. Twenty years ago, Scarface Jack Palance gunned down Rick's father in front of the young boy. Rick now grows up and seeks revengeance. Okay, no, no, you can't say that. Yeah, That's, we, we yeah. can't. We can't. That he simply. I know it gives away everything. Yeah, it gives away yeah. the twist, which is yeah. it gives away the twist that like DeLeo holds until the last ten fucking minutes. Yeah. All right, you yeah. know, of the film. And that's our show. Thank you so much for tuning into the Video Archives After Show. As always, I appreciate you guys tuning in every week to discuss VHS with us here at Video Archives. Next week, join Quentin and Roger as they discuss one film and one film alone. Yes, we found another film that deserves a standalone discussion. Try and figure it out. This controversial film is named after an ancient Chinese ceremonial object. My name is Gala Avery, off to deliver mail to Susan, Sandra, Olga, and Julie. See you next time on the Video Archives After Show. Despite me sharing the same last name with this charity, I don't have any affiliation with it, besides the fact the issue is very near and dear to my heart. Did you know that in the United States, 2.7 million children currently have a parent in prison, and it's estimated that 10 million children have experienced parental incarceration at some point in their lives. I was one of these kids, and as an adult, I am really grateful to be able to give back to Project Avery. Their mission is to build leadership from within by supporting community through programs such as mentoring and outdoor education, and also to remove the stigma surrounding having a parent that's incarcerated. You don't have to feel alone. If you know a kid who could use these resources or would like to donate money or time to the charity, please go to Project Avery, that's A-V-A-R-Y dot org, to check out what this amazing charity is all about. Again, that's projectavery.org. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Want to know what your favorite writers, directors, actors, and photographers are secretly interested in? Check out The Gala Show, where each week a guest of my choosing brings an entirely new topic to the mic, and it can be anything they want to discuss. The catch? They only have 30 minutes. Join me, your reporter on the beat, Gala Avery, every Thursday for a new discussion on The Gala Show, available wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 